1: You know what I love, Josh? The smell of napalm in the morning. Bingo! Hey, everybody. How are you doing today? Uh, You're listening to the Command Zone podcast. Also watching it. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Oh my gosh. Battle This set is What? This set looks <laughs> insane. So
2: Where huge this props to our buddy Gavin Verhey, yeah. who is the lead designer of this set. Um, he's very proud uh, speaking about it online and I think he should be. It looks really, really sweet.
1: Plus tons of reprints tons of reprints and important reprints especially for commander a lot of the cards are meant for two-headed giant but they all say like all players every other player other opponents so they're all very much formulated to be good in commander as well so gavin i thanks man this came out of nowhere yeah
2: there's a lot of people out there calling battle bond uh you know by a nickname commander masters (laughs) except it's still only like four dollars a pack it's not ten dollars a pack so it's kind of the best of both worlds we're going to do a full set review of this set But first, we need to talk about our sponsors. This episode is actually brought to you by VRV, which is pronounced Verve. And Verve is a multi-platform streaming service.
1: That's right. So if you're an anime fan like me, you have access to Crunchyroll as well as Funimation. If you love K-dramas, you have access to that. If you love just internet content, you've got Rooster Teeth on there, Nerdist, Geek & Sundry. Every single one of your favorite platforms but now under one roof so it's a lot easier to go in between shows browse between them and right now we have a referral code for you to get a free 30-day trial yeah just go to vrv.co command zone
2: and when you use that link you're not only supporting game nights command zone all of our content but you're also trying out
1: a really awesome service yep and both josh and i have enjoyed it quite a lot yeah our other sponsor for the show is ultra pro they make the beautiful playmats we have in front of us here they make a lot of the product that we use on the show themed playmats themed sleeves as well as eclipse sleeves guys eclipse sleeves in 100 packs now and uh, uh, relic tokens pretty sweet oh yeah I like those a lot
2: every time I pull out a relic token and put it on the table never fails somebody goes ooh what is that <laughs> <laughs> those things are sweet some people live for that moment in magic by the way like yeah. that's the reason they play <laughs> and the final way to support the show is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone in fact we call out one lucky patron every single episode and this episode is dedicated to Lucas Neff Lucas, Nef. Nef. Lucas. You rock. Thanks, buddy. Okay, so there's one thing I wanted to talk about here really quick that's coming up, and a lot of people have started to ask us about it. Mm -hmm. So GP Vegas is happening in a couple of weeks from the time that you are hearing this. Um, It's the 14th to the 18th of June in Vegas, of course. Now... It's a little different this year for us than it has been in recent years. For one,
1: Jimmy, we're not sure yet if you're going. Yeah, I'm, I've am i been about 50. I've been a coin flip, yeah. to speak of our last Battle mm-hmm. Pump review You're Zinder split? Yeah, I'm Zinder split about whether or not I'm going to be able to make it. I would love to make it, but as a result, because I can't 100% confirm it at this point, Josh and I aren't doing the Commander Meetup this year. Yeah. Also, we did one last year, and we're still tired from it, honestly. That's true. It's hard to do it every year. So <laughs> we're
2: not doing our big gathering, unfortunately, this year. It's just too hard if we don't know if Jimmy's going to be there or not. Mm-hmm. Um But something really cool is happening at the event. Channel Fireball is hosting a Commander Championship event. It's going to be on the Friday, which is the 15th of June, the Friday of the GP. It's going to start at 11 a.m. And, you know, I have to say that I actually... They, they came to us and sort of asked our advice of how they should run such an event. And so some of this is patterned on um, some of our advice. So I'm, I'm really excited that they're doing this and they're really taking some yeah. cues from the community. I think originally they were going to do like a pretty hardcore tournament with like a lot of prizes to the people that win and you know both of us were like well commander, this is commander yeah this is commander we want to play like i want if i go to an event like this i want to play commander i don't want to yeah. feel bad for losing and i don't really want to have to try that hard to win i
1: want to play my fun decks and yeah and meet people and have fun so and be rewarded still to be able to go in there and play a fun deck as well as the people that will inevitably decide to play you know better decks
2: yeah so the way that they structured the tournament i think is really smart so it's five rounds of swiss so you're put into pods And so it will track if you win or lose and pair you accordingly. But each round will will pay out prizes. Mm -hmm. So right now it's 60 tickets to the winner of each pod, but everybody else in the pod still gets 20 tickets. So That's great value. Yeah, you get something, win or lose. Um, You do that five times, and then at the end they will cut to the top four, the people that sort of won every round or whatever, depending on how many people are there. And when they cut to the top four, those people will be playing for a slightly bigger prize pool for those last four, for those people that are spiky. They're playing competitive decks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But everybody else will have gotten to play five rounds of Commander. They'll have gotten some prizes along the way. And they're actually going to do some other stuff. Um, So each round, they're going to vote for the coolest deck. Everyone will sort of anonymously vote after each round for the coolest deck they played against. And then at the end of the entire thing, they're going to choose the four players that got the most amount of votes. And those people will get an altered soul ring from Mark Teton, who that is That is sick. Yeah, and Mark is going to be on site already there. And Also, each player that participates in the event in any way will get a playmat, and we're actually, uh, Channel Fireball wanted us to reveal (gasps) the playmat, so it it is the Soul Ring playmat, the the Soul Ring that Jeffrey Palmer animated and and begins uh, every episode of The Command Zone, so... If you're watching the video you're actually looking at the playmat. It's really sweet and what commander player doesn't want a Soul Ring playmat. Especially on turn
1: 1. Uh so thanks Channel Fireball <laughs> for that. But that's you cool. You
2: always have a Soul Ring on turn yeah, 1. Yeah, exactly. No matter
1: mat. what. Honestly, that's why I would play. You know, aside from the fact that if you play all 5 rounds you're guaranteed 100 tickets mm-hmm. at the base minimum, right? And you know the nice thing about this is you're going to be there the entire weekend with a bunch of other commander players. I would go to this event just to meet people, get their contact information, meet up later during the week. It's always great to have friends at the GP. That's what really makes it feel special. That's a really good point because it's on Friday. Yeah.
2: So all the people that you meet, you know they're commander players. You can play with them on Saturday. You can play with them on Sunday. Um, and you get the play mat and a hundred tickets no matter what. There is an entry free. I believe it's it's five or it's fifty dollars. Um, but just the playmat and the tickets almost make up for that if you yeah. happen to
1: win a pot or whatever i mean the value seems really good so yeah not um, to mention you if you have the coolest deck you get a customized card from a magic artist that's that's I insane know.
2: I need to come up with a really interesting deck. So, that Josh, maybe you can't I go and spike to, yeah. that. I can't win that, Could you that, imagine actually? if it was Don't like,
1: and the me. winner is Josh Lee <laughs> Kwai, a relative unknown person in the Commander community. Everybody would be like, hey. Yeah, yeah uh, they, would, they would call. Yeah. You're giving that away in the show, right, Josh? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I, I will definitely be there and playing in that event. If Jimmy is at GP Vegas, he oh, will I be would there. Oh, I definitely be there, so, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty 100%. excited about it. Um, and they're calling it the Commander Championship event. Dun, 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 so dun, if you dun, do happen dun. to win, I guess you can call yourself a Commander Champion. That, that's cool, too. I'm down with it. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to battle bond here it's Very time for exciting. our set review uh jimmy and i are going to be looking up the cards on our phone because we don't actually have all the cards in front
1: of us yep yep which yep, it would yep. be weird if we did i guess with game night's not that weird um okay so let's talk about the new mechanics before we dive into the yep. set there are a lot of cards so we're gonna talk about the mechanics then we're talking about reprints and then we're gonna talk about the cards in the set and of course we always do best of at the end paper. So. this is yeah, this okay is gonna strap be a, in everybody it's gonna be a hefty one all right new mechanics buckle up if you haven't already buckled up and you're in your car shame on you Partner With is the first mechanic. It's very similar to Partner from Commander's 2016, except there's a difference here. It only looks for a specific card when you play that card. So it can tutor for the card or uh, have another player tutor for it, which is the interesting thing.
2: Yeah, so for Two-Headed Giant, because the set is designed around Two-Headed Giant, it Partners With kind of has two modes. Mm-hmm. In Commander, most of the time, it means that it works like the Partner Commander in that you can have two creatures now in your command zone as yeah. your... Uh, as your commanders, but partner with will say a specific name. So I'm going to just take Gorm the Great as an example. Gorm the Great says partner with uh, Virtus the the Veiled. That means those two commanders can partner together, but they can't partner with like Vile Smasher or something. No, only if you want, with each other. Yeah, if you want both of them in your command zone, they can be with each other, but that's it. Or you could you could do like a mono green deck with Gorm the Great mm-hmm. uh,
1: and and not have the partner thing. If you were at the commander table and you knew the other person, someone else at the table had that card in their deck, you could actually have them go fetch it out.
2: Yeah, that's true. So that's the other thing that to a giant part that may be relevant in our format if you didn't have them as commanders and they're just in your 99. So, yeah, yeah, when when this creature enters the battlefield, um, target player may put the other one, the other partner, into their hand from their library. So you can target yourself,
1: but you can target another person too. So they tutor for each other. Yeah, and also we're told that if you open a booster pack with one of these... The other one is inside with it.
2: Yeah. So you're if you get one, you're gonna get both, right? Yeah. So that you don't have to like get Gorm the grit, the great, and, hope and to then crack hope- the other one. Yeah. yeah.
1: That you know what the nice thing about that is, is that this is gonna be a two-headed giant format mostly. So when you're opening your booster packs, there's never gonna be a feel bad of like, oh, I got all these partners, but none of them match with each other.
2: Sometimes you just get two rares in a pack. Yeah. You can same. get
1: two mythics. Also, if yeah. they're foil, Gavin says that they're both going to be foil in the pack too. Now that's, that's nuts. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty
2: yeah. cool. Um, so that's the first commander, or sorry, that's the first uh, mechanic. Um, the second mechanic is called assist. And this is a weird one, but it says another player can put, uh, can pay, can pay up to X amount of the cost of a spell with you. So, X is the amount of generic mana that the spell costs, right? So if a spell costs let's say 5 and a blue and you and it has assist. That means you could pay a blue and then ask another player, "Hey, can you do you want to pay up to 5 of this?" and they can. They can pay up to so that spell may only cost a blue for you. Yeah. There's a counterspell in the set that I believe is 3 and a blue and has assist, so maybe something happens, like a board wipe, and they really don't want it to happen, and you're like, well, I can help you counter, I can cast the counter spell, but you gotta give me the mana. Yeah, because I may not have all of it at this moment. Or I or just whatever. only wanna spend one blue, you
1: right. know, but, I, but I'll, I'll let you counter it, yeah. you know, without the use of a card. Um, it's very interesting. Um, you can only choose one player for this. I'm yeah. assuming the way it works rules-wise is when you cast the spell, when it's on the stack, or, or before someone else is tapping mana for it, you can take mana from someone's mana pool, or ask them to pay for the cost at the same time as you.
2: Yeah, I actually asked this question on Twitter, i was like well can somebody like can they screw me can can i be like okay let's see my hand i'm gonna cast this or are you gonna help yeah. me and then i play it and they go never mind i'm not going to and then what happens and they say if it doesn't get paid it goes back to your hand so you can't really get they can't cost you the card right um and you you don't have to have the total amount of mana available that was another question i had uh, okay. like do i have to have all six mana nope. available to even start to cast it no you basically just do your negotiations it's it's a casual card i think yeah, in, in general casual. so i just go to jimmy like hey listen i have this card but i only want to pay three or i can only pay three of it can you pay the other three yeah and he says yes or no and if he says no i can ask the next player what are you you yeah yeah and then uh and even if i, I guess at that point
1: they we just pay it at the same time and they can't back out yeah i guess so i mean i guess it's not like that you like look them down you're like all right tap your lands yeah me too i mean if they do then you can take it back kind of yeah, i think yeah i suppose okay That is the assist mechanic Nice, good toss. All right, uh, friend or foe. Uh, this is similar to you know wild or free. A lot of the different conspiracy mechanics yeah, we've point. seen in the past. When you cast the spell, you designate each player around the table as a friend or a foe. And if they're a friend, they get a certain effect. If they're a foe, they get another effect.
2: So usually, like the friends get a good effect, a good effect and the foes get a bad effect. These yeah. are really interesting cards, and I'm gonna be. It's gonna be exciting to see how they play out because. Some of them are like all your friends get a land into play and all your foes sacrifice an enchantment or artifacts yeah, which is it's absurd.
1: Like, that's a that me- that's a big difference. I mean, if
2: you know a person has a spell like that in their deck, like how much nicer do you have to be to them in general?
1: Yeah it's weird. It's. I mean, it's going to create some cool dynamics. I think. Yeah, I really like that because a lot of times for the like conspiracy, like civil stampede, or whatever, it's wild or free. Both of them are bad for you because yeah. the player gets a benefit regardless. But in friend or foe, you definitely help some people out, and I think it's a better version of the cards that, for instance, like you choose one player, they get this thing, and you get this thing. You choose another player, they get this thing, and they get you get that thing. You know, like I I forgot those call the card that mechanic is called, but. There's ones where, since you'd give someone, an it was aid. the one where
2: Josh Kim gave me the, all the elves. Oh, yeah, and exactly. The big, in game nights. Yeah, <laughs> cut to them. that. Show me getting real mad. <laughs> um, um, and then this is not a mechanic, but there are cards that refer to your team, so they might have an effect for your entire team. Right. Now because commander there are variants we've talked about in the past mm-hmm. um i think each is gonna have to tackle like what your team means on certain other like variants and formats yeah, but in general i believe if the teams are like known to everybody at the table then it that that should work in that variant and sometimes we play two-headed giant or we've i think we've even played three-headed giant commander <laughs> before yeah that game which never gets hairy ended. yeah okay um So returning mechanics, we usually talk about, but there are a lot because this is kind of a hybrid master set. It's kind of a reprint set in some ways. There's a Mm -hmm. bunch of new cards. There are a lot of reprints. In fact, speaking of reprints, we're not even going to be able to talk about all of them, and I don't want to read every single card, but there are some much-needed and pretty expensive ones. There's
1: a number of, like, $20-plus reprints. Especially this first one, Uh, doubling season is back. New art looks amazing. We all needed this card back in our commander lives. And it's finally getting reprinted. Yeah, and it's Very gotten happy. super
2: expensive. Um, Seedborne Muse, yep. which is a card I just continue to put in more and more decks, and it was getting, I think, $25, $30. Yep. Um, True Name Nemesis, which is a, a legacy card. Narcana Revenant was like yes. $20. I was up
1: there. You know, it's another black mana doubler. It's a great card. Um, Land Tax. This card is actually not cheap either. Yeah, because it's incredibly good <laughs> if you have enough basics to search out with it.
2: Yeah. Um, Diabolic Intent was one I was surprised with how expensive it was. Yeah. That's a Demonic Tutor, but you have to sacrifice a creature. Still a tutor. Mystic Confluence. Now, this one had
1: gone way up in price, and it was in the Commander was only, set. Yeah, it was only from the Commander set. And, and this th- is one of the best counter spells out there, too, for the, the format. Honestly, I think it's better than Cryptic Command. I think so, too. And It's so, easier to cast in a lot of ways. And
2: a lot of times you get better benefit. You yeah. get, like, you to, get draw to draw two cards, cards yeah, and counter yeah. the spell or whatever. Yeah, um, Greater Good. Yeah, that was good. Getting... That's crazy. Uh huh. Um, Magus of the Candelabra, great card. Sower of Temptation, also a great card. Sky Shroud Claim, that nah, was... just kidding. That card's awesome. That card, Sweden was getting expensive. Um, Mycosynth Lattice, yeah, another like twenty dollar ish card, or was like all these prices are going to be much lower now because the reprints got announced.
1: Thank goodness. And Mind's Eye, which is you know colorless card draw for your red deck or white or white. Yeah.
2: So we probably missed a few in there. You know, Source of plowshares and some other you know stuff that Spell Snare I think is in there, but. There's a lot of reprints. This set looks really sweet, and a lot of these are, like, big commander staples. Okay, enough about the old cards. We're going to start talking about the new ones.
1: So there are a lot of legendary creatures in this set because there are a lot of partner commanders. Uh, However, there are a couple of legendary creatures that aren't actually... uh, Yeah, they don't have partner partner with. with. Yeah, Yeah. so the first one
2: is Najila, the Blade Blossom. (laughs) Najila costs two and a red i all about this card, by the for way. For a 3-2 Legendary Creature Human Warrior. Um, it says, whenever a warrior attacks, you may have its controller pay... Uh, create. Oh, sorry. You may have its controller create a 1-1 one, one white warrior creature token that's tapped and attacking. That's whenever a warrior attacks. So if, if I have Najila out and Jimmy attacks somebody with a warrior... I get to choose if he gets a warrior token. Yeah. And I'll be like, do you have any of those friend or foe cards in your deck? Yeah. (laughs) Good (laughs) Um, time to ask. But then Najila also has a activated ability and... You know I like this. The it's activated got a lot ability of colors in it. The activated ability costs Wuberg, so one of each color mana, which means that Najila's is actually
1: a five-color commander. Oh yeah, and it's a red commander too, primarily, which I love it. It's sweet.
2: Uh, so you pay Wuburg, white, uh, blue, black, red, and green, one of each color. Colon, untap all attacking creatures. They gain trample, lifelink, and have haste until end of turn. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. Wow. Activate this ability only during combat. So Whoa. you attack with the and whatever else, and then pay Wuburg and untap all that stuff and attack again. And it even gives haste so that your little 1-1 one, one warrior creature tokens can attack yeah. on the second attack, uh, the ones you created. Yep. This card seems really good.
1: I mean... It's kind of like aggravated assault on a commander now, right? Yeah, but it adds trample, haste, and lifelink. I mean, that's kind of crazy, right? Yeah, but I mean, the extra attack step, because there's we we just know from commander that there's a lot of ways, generally, to get infinite attacks when you have this kind of effect. Also, you can do this on other players. It's just untap all attacking creatures, and then they get another combat phase after that. You can only do this during combat, so you don't get the main phase between them. Um, but you know what? It's still pretty nuts. Yeah, the card you're pulling up is really, uh, it's one of my favorite cards in my token deck, actually.
2: Yeah, so this immediately goes, it it goes infinite with Druid's Repository. So, Druid's
1: Repository, I misspelled it, so it's taking a second. I got it. It's a one green, green enchantment that says whenever a creature you control attacks, put a charge counter on Druid's Repository. Remove a charge counter from Druid's Repository. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So, if you have five creatures and you attack, you'll
2: get five counters on Druid's Repository, and you remove each counter to make Wooburg. Untap your stuff. Attack. Yeah, as long put as you have five, five counters on Druid's repository. Yeah, actually, you really only need. Yeah, I guess you need five because the warrior will be created after attacks are declared, so that extra one one warrior won't. Correct. It's it's upon count. attack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but
1: if you lose one in combat, then you have another warrior that can do it again. So. That's true. That's a good point. The, also if you have a lot of warriors attacking you make a lot of 1-1s in that way Druid's Repository which, even better. and then you attack again you make another set of 5 so even though even even though they block every single one of them you can just keep going and going and going
2: yeah that's a really good point um, Savage Ventmaw is another creature that creates mana when it attacks and yep, can and it be used in this way yeah, yeah. Grandlord Rada which is from Dominaria also creates now both of those creatures create mana in a combination of red and green and so you'd need some way to sort of turn some of your mana into the other colors, or maybe it just helps you create those two colors, in right. which case, you know, you don't have to have infinite attacks all the time. Maybe you just need to have five attacks. Like, that's a lot. That's, yeah, that's, that's going to
1: win you the game a lot. I'm definitely not going for infinite. I'm just going for enough. You probably also want, because Savage, Ventmon, Grand Warlord only make mana in a certain color, you probably want that card that can change the mana into other colors. Right, uh, um, Gemstone Array, gemstone array, and stuff, array yeah, stuff like, like that. that. Yeah. This next one I'm really excited about. It's Grothama, All Devouring. This card's sweet um so he's a legendary creature worm for three green green we finally got a legendary worm he's a 10 8 (laughs) and he says other creatures have whenever this creature attacks you may have it fight grothama all devouring which means it deals its combat damage to it it deals its damage to it and grothama deals its damage to it so anytime your creature attacks you can have it just have take 10 damage (laughs) um when grothama leaves the battlefield each player draws cards equal to the amount of damage dealt to Grothama this turn by sources they controlled so let's say easiest case I play Grothama and I have he's a 10-8 and I have two four power creatures on the board those creatures go to combat they attack and then I'm like you know what I want both these creatures to fight Grothama they both fight Grothama everything dies essentially because 10 damage to a creature is probably going to kill it And when it leaves the battlefield, each player draws cards equal to the amount of damage dealt to Grothama this turn by sources they controlled. So because I dealt the minimum of 8 damage total, I'm going to draw 8 cards when this card leaves the battlefield. So sweet. Now imagine I had some just arbitrary like 30 power creature, and then I had that fight Grothama. You are drawing... 30 cards minimum because that's how much damage was dealt to this card and it's weird because other players are going to want to do it too but they're going to have to lose their creatures as a result they have to have at least eight power on the board imagine the blood if they have both of them choose to fight it and you get rid of one of their cards i mean grothama is just weird and it's awesome and so i really awesome. want to make a deck around this it's so awesome i can't imagine how it's going to warp the game around people being like oh man normally i would
2: do this but i actually want to just draw a bunch of cards yeah i want to fight grothama yeah that deck probably has like actually
1: has like pump spells to yeah. like blow them out when they try and do that or indestructible spells yeah. ways to make sure that growth does not die um very very interesting a card like faux
2: razor regent came to mind for me this is a card
1: from uh, dragons of T- Tarkir, oh, nice. i think it
2: it's a four five for five green green it says when faux razor regent enters the battlefield you may have it fight target creature you don't control but whenever a creature you control fights put two one one counters on it at the beginning of the next end step. Oh, gosh. So Grothama could just grow and grow and grow and become grow very hard Thama. to kill. Yeah, because each turn you Thama. just...
1: Yeah, and it, it pairs great, too, because Commander Anthology now reprinted Conjurer's Closet that you also wrote down here, which is, at the beginning of your end step, you may exile target creature you control then return that card unto the, unto, to the battlefield under your control.
2: <laughs> yeah, so one thing to notice about Grothama is that it, it says when he leaves the battlefield, mm-hmm. you... Uh, everybody draws cards equal to the amount of damage that they've done to it, right? And it yeah. doesn't even have to be damage from fight two. You could fireball it or something mm-hmm. and draw a bunch of cards. Um, so if you Conjurer's Closet it, that would allow you to do things like attack with one creature that can't quite kill it, like that only does six damage Let's to it. Let's
1: say you have a, you, an indestructible 2-2 yeah, or anything.
2: Swing you know? it, have it fight Grothama, and then Conjurer's Closet, you're draw Flicker cards. it, draw two cards. This thing is ridiculous. Um, Team or Sabretooth was another one I liked because, again, oh, yeah. leaves the battlefield, and Team or Sabretooth allows you to uh, bounce Grothama back to your hand, mm-hmm. and that would trigger. And you can also make Team or Sabretooth indestructible when you do it. So you might bounce another creature, attack, fight the Tooth with Grothama to draw four cards. She's Bounce it. That seems like a really good combo. Grothama just is sweet. Like, you're just, yeah, everyone's sending their dudes to fight the big, dumb monster.
1: And they might draw a bunch of cards. If they get can, yeah, they get all the glory if they if they slay it. I just like the idea of baiting other people into try and kill this thing. I think that's a big part of that deck is like actually having like giant
2: growth type stuff where mm-hmm. you're like oh, ha ha. <laughs> so your dudes just died for nothing. Get wrecked. <laughs> that's dude. the worst feeling ever. I send okay. I'll send my two creatures at Grothama. It's like fine. I'll lose them both, but, if this but I'm going to draw them, nine, draw like nine cards. Yeah. yeah, and then you just lose them and they giant growth, and you get nothing. Whoops, oh, that would suck. I mean, I can't wait for to do that to somebody. Okay. Okay, let's talk
1: about some more of the partner with commanders. Um, okay,
2: you're going to do Krav. I'm going to do Regna, sure. so that way we're set up to talk about it. Yeah, because
1: this, it's hard to, we're, again, we're like trying to figure this out on our phones right before the actual, the full uh, card list is released. Yeah, there's no, um, Wizards usually releases their own image gallery, which makes it a little fine we're because they're, this pretty early, so. they're alphabetical and whatnot, but yeah. this is harder. Okay. Uh, All right, so Krav the Unredeemed four in the black for a legendary creature demon is a 3-3. Partner with Regna the Redeemer. So we'll just say this once again. When this creature enters the battlefield, target player may put Regna the Redeemer into their hand from their library, then shuffle. Or they can both start in your command zone as your commanders. Correct. Alright, so Krav says, pay X or sorry, pay black, sacrifice X creatures, and then target player draws X cards and gains X life. Put X plus one plus one counters on Krav the Unredeemed. So you sacrifice creatures, draw that many cards, draw that many, gain that, that much, much life, life, and then, then Krov gets, gets that much bigger. Now keep in mind that this doesn't care about the power, or toughness, or the creature. It's just how many creatures you sacrifice. So you're going to want this in the deck with a lot of tokens or small creatures that are expendable or that are being pumped out by cards. You know that will give you tokens. Yep. Okay. So Regna
2: is the partner. Regna, the Redeemed, partner with Krov, obviously. It's five and a white for a 4-4 four, four flyer. It says, at the beginning of each end step, if your team gained life this turn, create two 1-1 one, one white warrior creature tokens. Okay, so obviously how this works is you get you sacrifice a couple creatures to Krav. Mm-hmm. That lets you draw X cards and gain X life. And because you gained that life, Regna actually creates two white warrior creature tokens. And that's at the end of at the beginning of each end step. So that will create two warriors. And then during Jimmy's turn, I can activate Krav, sacrifice those two warriors, draw two cards, gain two life, and then at the Jimmy's end step, Regna will create two more warriors. And now I can do that on the next turn and the next turn. And again, and again. So getting them both out is actually very powerful. Yeah. Because you're basically saying pay a black, gain two life, draw two cards. Which is every single end step. I'd say the downside is that how much does um, he cost? He Krav, costs five, five, and she costs six. So, so it's, a, it's a
1: five drop and a six drop, and you have to get them both out. They both have to live. And you have to have enough mana afterwards to activate, because if you play both of them and then they just get rid of one, you're going to feel real bad. Yeah, and I wish Regna had, like, lifelink or something, so at least she could work with herself. She has right. no way
2: to gain life on her own. At least Krav sacrifice I mean, creatures and, and if you're making a cards. black
1: white deck you will definitely be gaining a lot of life for sure um but yeah I, I, it's really interesting it's obviously i think all of the partner with commanders are pretty fragile because they depend so much on each other but at the same time krav still works to give to give you life and to give you cards and if a deck wants to be sacrificing a lot of things he does that as well yeah the sacrifice outlet and sacrifice outlets are just good I, I put down anointed procession as a card that would almost certainly go in a deck like this certainly um okay all right next up we have korvath bright flame and Sylvia Brightspear. So, they um, are bright. They are bright. you're so bright. Uh, I love Korvath because he's a five and a red legendary creature dragon. He's a three, four. Or she's a three, four. She could be a th- it could be a she. Partner with Sylvia Brightspear. And Korvath has flying and haste. And knights your team controls have flying and haste. So he gives every single knight... That your deck has flying in haste. But it's a dragon itself? It's a dragon itself. It's not a knight. It's just okay. a drago. Okay. Uh Quende, Pride of Femeref.
2: Wait, you mean Sylvia Brightspear? Oh, sorry, serve Why did it change it on me? I'm like, <laughs> hang on, hang yeah, on. I got you. Okay, thank you. Yeah, phones. I'm still learning how to use them. No, oh, that's that's something Josh old people say. Old man. Um Sylvia Brightspear. Okay, that makes more sense. Two and a white <laughs> for a two-two. Partner with Corvath, obviously. Has double strike and dragons your team control have double your team controls have yeah. double strike. So not just you but any dragons your team has doesn't matter very often in commander but so
1: so Corvath pumps her and she pumps Corvath. Yep. Uh but it's just dragon specifically and it's it's not specifically, you know, Corvath has this. It's every dragon you have has double strike. And Sylvia Brightspear all of a sudden if you get Corvath out with her, she's a 3 drop by the way and Corvath is a 6 drop. You get to have well, you get to have a 2-2 Flying Haste Double Striker. Interesting, because you can build either a
2: Knight deck or a Dragon deck. Yeah, or with both. With these color combinations. Or you could build a Dragon Knight deck.
1: Or you mm. could, just not, cool. or you could just not play Boros. loud, it sounds <laughs> cool. Or you could just not play Boros. Yeah, sorry, guys. Mm, all right. Okay. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, it's tough. All right, the next up, we have Gorm the Great, who pairs with Virtus the Veiled. So Gorm the Great, we mentioned at the beginning of the show, three and a green for a buff dude. He's 2-7, a legendary creature, Giant Warrior. Maybe not so buff, but he's definitely tough. He's got Vigilance, and Gorm the Great must be blocked if able, and Gorm must be blocked by two or more creatures if able. So he has Menace plus must be blocked.
2: I mean, he's... If able. So, so he doesn't have
1: Menace. They could block with one if they only have
2: only one. Only had one, but other, if, if
1: they, they have, have more two, than, they have to block with both.
2: Right. Now, if they have three, they get to choose which two. They don't have to block with all yeah, three. Yeah, exactly. It's like a weird lure. Um, so Gorm uh, partners, partners with... with Virtus the Veiled, and Virtus is two in a black for a legendary creature, an Azra Assassin. Azra's a new creature type we haven't seen before. Um, Virtus is a Mm one-one and says, oh, sorry, Virtus has Death Touch, so a one-one with Death Touch for two in a black, and says, whenever Virtus the Veiled deals combat damage to a player, that player loses half their life rounded up. Oh, so that means Gorm is crashing in and Virtus is right behind him. Gorm's like clearing the way or causing commotion over here, making two creatures block it, and letting Virtus
1: get through and sort of stab them in the back when they're not looking. Yeah, he's got like a sickle, so he's like slicing them so in I the saw. back. That's pretty cool. I, I Yeah, I like that. It's not that great in Commander, I don't think. I mean, anytime you're trying to sneak in a combat damage like that, I think it's pretty hard. Uh, but if it does work, and, and you have other ways of getting creatures through, as well as playing Gorm, I could see this being a fun combat-based deck, just about having people's lives out of nowhere with Virtus the Veiled. I think you, you can get a
2: little tricky. Like If you can give Virtus the... Um, you can give Double Strike maybe uh-huh. so it hit twice because it's on combat damage. would half it and then half it again. So 75% of their life would be gone. Or maybe like Wound Reflection. You play Wound Reflection afterwards. That just kills them, right? They lost half their life and then Wound Reflection... Oh, that's right. Yeah, Wound uh, Reflection is pretty funny here. And then Gorm, I thought, was probably good with Doran because it's a 2-7. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's a 7-7 seven seven that you have to block with two creatures and you're probably going to eat both of those creatures are at least one of them. Holy crap, that is actually interesting. So,
1: okay. All right. Well, the next up is the card that we previewed. It's Akun, Eye of Chaos and Xander Split, Eye of Wisdom. Uh, now, we talked about these extensively on our other set, review. Uh, no, sorry, on our review of it. When we previewed that card, we'll have the link below. We recommend you guys listen to that. We go pretty in-depth about coin flip decks, how these cards make it possible. But Akun's- That was last episode. That was last episode, right. Akun says, a red for a 3-3 legendary creature Cyclops Berserker. He partners with Xander Split Eye of Wisdom. At the beginning of combat on your turn, flip a coin until you lose a flip. Whenever a player wins a coin flip, double Okun's power and toughness until end of turn. So he's a three-three, you three, go to six, six, twelve, twelve, twenty-four, twenty-four. Yada yada yada. And you keep flipping coins until you are done flipping coins. Until you lose. Yeah. So you call heads, it's heads, you win. You call heads, it's tails, you lose. Yep. That's um, how
2: coin flips work. Okay, so then Zinder Split is four and a blue for a one-four homunculus legendary creature, partner with a cone. At the beginning of combat on your turn, flip a coin until you lose a flip. Same deal. But whenever a player wins a coin flip, draw a card. So again, these are whenever Ooh. a player, both of them are. So anybody else flipping coins, which probably it's yeah. you. It's probably you. And in both Commander, of these right?
1: cards will be flipping coins if they're both out in the battlefield each turn.
2: True. Until you lose, too. So they could potentially flip a lot of coins yeah. uh, together.
1: So you could draw a bunch of cards and make a coin really big yep the obvious combo here is Clark's thumb which is from Myrdin, which is a two drop legendary artifact if you would flip a coin instead flip two coins and ignore one so you have a much higher chance of winning also every single time you win with both those coin flips if you win both then you get to trigger all their abilities twice as well so pretty cool um you know i think i'm actually going to build that deck i want to build too
2: because it just sounds like a fun deck i could flip it coins who knows what's gonna happen yeah exactly it feels
1: like wedge with ruhan rolling all the dice let's not talk about wedge smacking me with that card that was sad all right next up we got it was fun that's why i want to do it of course i mean (laughs) i'm trying to get some of that luck back in my side
2: (laughs) oh lords of
1: chaos lords of chaos i you're right i didn't pray hard enough (laughs) i'm sure prof would agree too
2: Yes, I'm sure he would.
1: All right. Pierre, imaginative rascal, two in a green for a legendary creature human. He's a one-one. He partners with Toothy, imaginary friend. I love that name. If one or more counters would be put on a permanent your team controls, that many plus one of each of those kinds of counters are put on that permanent instead. So not just plus one, plus one counters, any kind of counter. So Planeswalker loyalty. loyalty. Yeah, that's, I think, the big thing because we don't have a lot of things that affect Planeswalker
2: yeah. loyalty in that way. And this is also a... 2 in a green. Also in green, doubling mm-hmm. season. If you're playing Super Friends,
1: you're almost certainly running green. And this is on permanence, by the way, so you can't get infected to death just by having Pier out.
2: Right, and it won't <laughs> affect like, your experience counters if you have like right, uh, right. Marin or something. Uh, and then Toothy is the partner. Toothy, imaginary friend. 3 in a blue for a 1-1. Partners with Pier, obviously. Whenever you draw a card, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on Toothy. Wow. Sort of chasm skulker. It is. Yeah, same yeah. mana cost, too. When Toothy leaves the battlefield... <laughs> Draw a card for each one-one counter on it. So it's basically Chasm Skulker, but instead of making
1: Squid, you make uh, you draw cards. And also, yeah. it leaves the battlefield, not dies,
2: which is a lot better, right? It's going to happen.
1: Yeah, but Chasm Skulker just keeps on going, too. So it's interesting because it, the 3-3 three, three turns into a 6-6 six, six to a 9-9. Nine, nine. So you get. No, you're thinking a, of deep. Um, you're thinking of of reform. Oh, you're right. You're yeah, right. You yeah. run
2: it in your Marchesa deck. Trust me, I know, because it's killed me a few that times. That card is pretty sweet.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, this is fun. I mean, obviously, if you get both of them out, it's a 3-drop into a 4-drop. So. As that, soon as you play Toothy and draw a card, you're putting two plus some plus encounters on it. You're guaranteed to get two cards back. So that's really good value.
2: Yeah, and I think that's the best thing about them is they are lower casting costs, it seems like, than yeah. the others. Because there's a lot of fives and sixes. Like Zinder split and a cone, it's cool, but like that's a lot of mana between the two yeah, things. Seriously. And I think Pier at three mana is actually at a good spot because you want to play it before you play a planeswalker. Mm-hmm. And
1: so for three, it seems pretty good. Um it does all right this one's really interesting we actually have new planeswalkers and spoiler alert these planeswalkers can be your commander it says it on the card itself and they have partners with yeah so if you open one of these in the pack you're getting two legendaries or two mythics i want to open a foil dude too could you you imagine i i
2: want to i don't want to imagine i want reality
1: all right four red red for a legendary planeswalker rowan her name is rowan kenrith uh, she comes in with four loyalty. Her plus two, during target player's next turn, each creature that player controls attacks if able. So plus two, that's nice. It goes up to six. I wish it goaded everybody so they couldn't attack you because they be, can attack that'd be you. That'd cool. It just makes them attack, yeah. Her minus two, Rowan Kenrith deals three damage to each tapped creature target player controls. So you're imagining you're doing this two, one, two, right? You're making every creature attack, and then you're able to do three damage to each tapped creature that they just tapped. Her minus eight, Ultimate target player gets an emblem with whenever you activate an ability that isn't a mana ability, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. I like that one, I like that one too. So, you're activating a lot of abilities here. You're like Galena twice, yeah. or you know, Tim
2: twice, or somebody, uh, on, twice, uh, activate an ability of a permanent, yeah, yes, planeswalker twice, um, hey. Basalt Monolith. It goes infinite right away, yep, because uh. On Basalt Monolith, you're actually copying the untap ability
1: on Basalt, not the tap ability. Yeah, tapability. not the yeah. So you can just keep tapping it, and untapping it. Because you untap it twice when you untap you it. You tap it to the in response to the second ability going yeah. on the trigger. Yeah.
2: Um. So that seems good, but it's an it's an ultimate. Planeswalker ultimates right. generally are very good. The brother of Rowan is Will Kenrith. Four blue blue for a legendary planeswalker comes in with four loyalty. Partner with Rowan. I like can this. Can be Le- your commander.
1: Legendary planeswalker.
2: Yeah. Will. <laughs> <laughs> Plus two, until your next turn, up to two target creatures each have base power and toughness zero three and lose all abilities. Hey, so it turns the creatures that Kenra that Rowan, Rowan sorry is making attack. Yeah, yep. turns them into O threes. Um and then the negative two is target player draws two cards. Until your next turn, instant sorcery and planeswalker spells that players cast, that players cast. That player cast. That player oh, sorry. that draws the two cards, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, because uh, oh, yeah, it's two-headed giant, right? Uh, it's designed for two-headed giant, So you can make somebody else draw the cards or yourself, which is what you're going to do in Commander, which means that your instant sorceries and planeswalkers cost two
1: less to cast. That's actually insane. It's not a one-time use. It's every single instant sorcery and planeswalker. If so you
2: it- untap with will, a lot of decks can probably win from there because that can create
1: 10, 12, 14 mana maybe? Yeah. And, he, I mean, he is a six drop, so it makes him a bit harder to cast. But that also means that you get to cast his partner for two red-red, which isn't bad. Um, but it's interesting. I don't know. You I like definitely it.
2: cast Will first, right? Because yeah. then you turn the two worst threats into O3s.
1: Or you get a mana reduction if you think he's going to live on the board. Yeah.
2: But you can protect. He can protect himself, right? Mm-hmm. You go. Oh, those. Normally, you play a planeswalker, and you know somebody can maybe attack it, and you yeah. go. Well, those two things are O 3s now. He's going to live. Yeah. Then you activate the negative ability on the- your next turn, when you and have at the very least, mana. play Rowan for cheap. Yeah. Or you maybe just go off and cast like four instants because they're way cheaper, and yeah. just win that way. Yeah. Um, and then the negative eight. Target player gets an emblem. Oh, we didn't mention this. Rowan and Will both say target player gets an emblem. So you don't even have to put the emblem on yourself. You could give the emblem to another player. That's probably the first time we've ever seen that. Yeah. Uh, so on Will's case, target player gets an emblem with whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. So you fork every instant or sorcery you play after that. I'm saying you because... Nine times out of ten, in commander, you're going to target yourself with these 99 abilities. Ninety-nine times
1: out of hundred, yeah. But
2: maybe you're in a um, secret partners game, yeah. You know, that's or true. You're in that's a, a good point. You know, Emperor. Or Man, Star could you or
1: imagine? Something. That's how you announce who your partner is. Like, yeah. I'm going to give you the emblem. Everyone's like, No, he's the ancient sorcery deck.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. Um I'm not.
1: I, I'm still down on planeswalkers as commanders in general. So. This seems like a very interesting build around. It's also very table-dependent because it means, you know, like you better hope your opponents have creatures that can attack, I guess, if you want to really fully make use of it. Or maybe it's better if they don't because they you won't get attacked by them. It seems exist. totally <laughs> fine
2: power-level-wise, though, because they're
1: two six-mana commanders. Yeah. So, wah-wah. Yeah. And it's red and blue, known for shenanigans and trickery. And going infinite, though, so there's a lot of possibility there. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to go on to the
2: cards in each color again we're not going to talk about every card there is a warrior tribal something sub- here sub theme here um we didn't talk about a lot of those cards because yeah if you're building a warrior deck use those yeah. cards okay
1: you want to oh, okay i love this card by the Go way because it. it's, it's very similar suite. to one of my favorite cards it's yes. arena Rector instead of academy Rector. now arena Rector is same mana cost three and a white and it's a human cleric one two when Arena Rector dies, you may exile it. If you do, search your library for a Planeswalker card, put it onto the battlefield, and shuffle your library. You cheat into play a Planeswalker. A Planeswalker. It can be a Nicol Bolas. It can be a Ugin. Ugin. I mean, honestly, I think you're finding Ugin. Elspeth. You, Elspeth. Oh, my gosh. So, amazing. Arena Rector, uh, Academy Rector does that, but for an enchantment. I think if you had both the Rectors... And you sack one and put doubling season in place. Oh, you're about to the wreck other, some face of anything. You
2: rector some face. Yeah, you are done. <laughs> no one's gonna be able to
1: keep up. Because you get an en- you get doubling season and then you get a planeswalker. Done, right? Like because one gets an enchantment. You better like, check yourself before you rector. yourself. yourself. Bingo.
2: <laughs> yeah, that card seems. Um, Definitely candidate for best card in the set. Cheating yeah. things into play, we always say one of the most powerful things you can do. Academy Rector is an extremely powerful card. It's up there. And there's no reason that Arena Rector wouldn't be just as powerful because, again, it's cheating in just a very powerful type of yeah. card. Um, All right. So the next white card is Together Forever. It's white, white for an enchantment. When it comes into play... The is so
1: good on this set.
2: Yeah. when So the set, I want to say... Uh, the flavor? Yeah. The flavor of the set is Gavin sort of had this idea, or I, I don't know if it was only gavin but the idea is kind of an ode well i know that mel contributed to it as well yeah mel was involved in sean main i think was involved too um so i don't know who who came up with the idea to build the theme of the set but it's kind of around esports and yeah and like
1: um arena battling in esports kind of there's a special plane where it's all about battling and you're like gladiator arena. yeah but you're paired up with someone every single time so you go into battle with all these people but
2: yeah, it was supposed. To, I mean, it was very much inspired by like esports and stuff like that. So okay, together forever. White, white enchantment. When it com- enters the battlefield, support two, which means you put a one one counter on each of up to two target creatures, and then you can pay one colon choose target creature with a counter on it. When that creature dies this turn, return that card to its owner's hand. So the counter doesn't have to have been placed there by together
1: forever. Yeah, it doesn't even need to be a plus yeah. one plus one counter. And it's, it's one
2: counter. it's one generic mana. I think this card is actually really good and gives white some. This is a way to give white some card advantage. It's not quite the same as drawing a card, obviously, because a lot of times we say card advantage is partly about hitting your land drops and things like that. But this kind of, it can substitute in the right deck, you would have to be
1: able to put counters on your stuff. Venture for the Meek, you know, you get to replay some stuff. Now, look, you're going through some hoops to get this going, but Cathar's Crusade in this, you know, that seems pretty viable, If this was
2: not in mono-white, we wouldn't even talk about it, but the fact that it is and white needs any card advantage
1: they can get. I think it's worth at least thinking about in most in, in decks that can put counters on stuff. Together forever. All right, next up we got Play of the Game. It's a six white, white sorcery. Play of the Game, huh? Play of the Game. Play of the Game. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sorcery, but it has assist, so it means another player can pay up to six of the spell's mana cost, of so the generic mana, not the white mana cost, but of the six. And it just says exile all non-land permanents. Now that is a powerful board white. That is... You know,
2: there's a lot of points in the game where one person's so far ahead that you could very easily, I think,
1: find someone to like split the cost with you. Oh, 100%. This is one of the few ways you can beat a board that just has everything. Unless, of course, they play Teferi's Protection. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. But it's eight mana. Yep. But if a card said
2: exile all non-land permanents. And said eight mana? And said four mana. How good's that card? Oh, man, that card is absolutely mm. out of control. Two white, white. Well, I think you could easily make that happen. Yeah. In a lot of scenarios where it's like, this is all, it's going to be useful. Actually, you don't, it doesn't have to be Arch Enemy. Mm-hmm. If there's two players that are ahead, you go to the other player. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think this
1: card's actually going to be really good. And
2: yeah, I just think the card's good. And the Exiles? Yeah, that's the
1: insane part. Also, honestly, six white, white, Exile on non-land permanents, I probably would play it. I mean, that's it's, playable, but the fact that
2: sometimes it's four, four mana, or maybe even two. Two, yeah. If it's ever two... I want to know who the fast talker is that pulled that off because if I'm the person, I don't care. I'd still be like, well, you got to pay more than two. (laughs) Like, I'll pay half of it. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. All right. The next one is Regna's Sanction. It's three and a white for a sorcery. It says, for each player, choose friend or foe. So this is our first friend or foe card. Each friend puts a plus one, plus one counter on each creature they control. (laughs) Jeez. Each foe chooses one untapped creature they control, then taps the rest. Wow. This seems like a game ender. Yeah, oh yeah. You just make everyone... You just be like, your creatures are buffer, and you have one blocker. Yeah, and, and then
1: I'm going to pass the turn to the guy, and so everyone tapped out. You're like, attack. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, hey, uh. you're going to attack with those creatures that just got way buffer. <laughs> attack.
2: Yeah. I like this card also because there is scenarios where you can sort of have a neutral... Um, you can send sort of a neutral delegation. Like, you yeah. don't have a lot of creatures. I'll still name you as friend because I won't hurt you. Right, right, right. right you right. know? Yeah, That's it's pretty interesting. I, I, the friend or foe stuff, I'm, I, I am really make need to play some, with it. I think it's going to make
1: for some fascinating commander games. Yeah. Because you, Because I mean, you do that to someone, they're going to go, excuse me? Like, what? I'm your foe? You're literally calling them a foe, right? Like, that doesn't get more heavy-handed than that when it comes to making allies on the battlefield. I think it'll really even out some arch enemy situations yes Two where 100%. like i mean even just the assist on that last on play of the game you know yeah like that, exactly <laughs> that's just absurd all right uh next up we got bonus round we're, oh, into, we're into red, red cards yeah. yeah i just jumped right in it's the hasty thing to do <laughs> one red red for a sorcery until end of turn whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell that player copies it and may choose new targets for the copies. so three mana sorcery it will it will fork Every single instant or sorcery you play that turn. But so whenever a player casts So instant, if someone this one, is holding on to, to instants, oh my gosh, they're going to double up too.
2: Yeah, this is a player. So any instant or sorceries you play or anyone else plays, if yeah. they had Velkan or, or, right, or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. a ley line. But also this is like fork everything I play for the rest of this turn. Yeah. It seems insane in like Mizzix or something like that.
1: Definitely seems insane in Mizzix when it just costs red, red. Mizzix's mastery seems really good with this card. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that seems... <laughs> <laughs> card's I think Look, that'd... if you're casting music Mastery in the music decks, you have to be winning. You it's crazy have to win because fork costs red,
2: red, right? That just forks one thing. Yeah. Bonus round costs one red, red. Forks so for one everything. more, I'll fork everything. Woo! Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> Turn on the disco lights. <laughs> we are going to town. All right. The next red card is Corvath's
2: Fury. That's the dragon. That's a four and a red for a sorcery. For each player, choose friend or foe. For each, each friend, discards all cards from their hand, then draws that many cards plus one. Hmm. Korvath's Fury deals damage to each foe equal to the number of cards in their hand. Hmm.
1: So you're just sometimes nugging someone for like four or five damage, but you could also nug everyone for damage and then for five mana, wheel plus one.
2: Yep. Wheel plus one is pretty good. So you replace the card you cast, which is Corvass Fury. Now everybody yeah. else gets plus one, but they just have that many cards in their hand. So mm-hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. Probably good in NecroStar
1: decks and things like that, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I like the fact that usually these kinds of spells really get people if you know that someone's just sitting on stuff. You know, be like, ha-ha, wheel. <laughs> and that would definitely Yeah, get... this is
2: the one where people could be like, choose me as foe. I'll take four damage. Yeah, I please want my please hands. Do and, you're, and you're like, you're like friend. friend. <laughs> That's going to be really weird. And then weird. they can't get mad. You're like, no, what? I named you I as named a friend. I named you as a
1: friend. Yeah, that said so on the card, dude. Come on, man. Just calm down.
2: All right. Stolen uh, this strategy? Is, this Ugh. is a new staple, I think, in, in mono red. And definitely
1: Boros. Oh, it 100% is. Okay, go ahead. Oh, thank you. Four and a red for an enchantment. It's it's only thing. I read all the red cards if I can. (laughs) Five mana enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of each opponent's library. Until end of turn, you may cast non-land cards from among those exiled cards, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. Red card advantage, but with everyone else's deck, it's kind of like a tolly a little bit. It's like a tolly, but it happens every turn. Yeah, at the beginning of your upkeep, and you have until the end of your turn to do it, you could get some insane stuff in red. Like you can make dreams come true, you can make dreams come true Jimmy. in mono red. Finally, I wish it was four mana and not five, but it's still good. Yeah, I mean, I think at four mana, it's pretty insane. At Five manas, though, it's still very powerful. It's better than like Mind's Eye, right? Mind's Eye is oh a card you kind so of much forced to run in red, mono red, and and
2: Boros decks and yeah. mono white. Uh, but it sucks because you have to have that additional
1: mana available to draw the cards. Yeah. Stolen strategy is just like once it's out, it does its thing. So you just works great with Braid of Fire and instance, by the way, because now you could potentially hit other things to cast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, really
2: good. Pretty cool. Um, the last red card. This is just a, an interesting one. I don't know that it's good, but it's Stadium Vendors. It's three and a red. <laughs> it's a goblin. It's a three three. When it enters the battlefield, choose a player. That player adds two mana of any one color they choose.
1: It's cute. I like it. We. I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like this in red, right? Yeah, giving someone else mana, of yeah. all things, in any color, it'll fix them? That's, that's really bizarre. Now, you can
2: choose yourself, so it can kind of, like, fix good. your mana for four mana. But I could see this as being a pretty good olive branch of, like, hey, I don't want you to attack me. How about I'll give you two mana? Yeah, There's true. a lot of instances where I'd be
1: like, okay, I'll take the two mana. Yeah, but you need to be able to use it right then and there, right? True, true, yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, you're right. It's just a very interesting thing for red to have. Okay, let us go on to green, oh yeah so this card's pretty nutty too it's bramble sovereign two green green for a creature dryad that's a four four nice four four, four. yeah whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield you may pay one in a green if you do that creature's controller creates a token that's a copy of that creature everybody gets some copies if you want if you want and you have one in green and um, that can be you yeah and you're choosing well, It's They're usually choosing. it's yeah. usually you Yeah, so non-token creatures, they get a copy of it. It sticks around. It doesn't go away. and That's important. Um, You know, you can play Crater Hoof twice. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Not that you need to, to be honest.
2: I think you can do things like um, Palancron. Oh, yeah. Palancron's going to untap the lands and allow you to sort of probably go infinite immediately. 100%, you can go infinite. Yeah. I think Felidar Guardian can probably untap the land that you use for it and do some stuff yeah just making a bunch of feladars i mean you could probably i
1: i okay i'm not doing the math all in my head right now but my guess is there's a bunch of infinite combo type shenanigans with this card yeah it, the, the cost is very cheap to make a clone of something one in the green and all it requires is a creature entering the battlefield so that usually just screams hey this is going to be powerful you
2: pair it up with panharmonicon type stuff too yep. and yeah, just yeah, like yeah, go yeah. insane yeah uh this I card like seems insanely insane. powerful. Yeah, okay. The next one is. Let me find it. Let me find it. You got this. It. Is the one that you like the most? Oh yeah. That I, you kind of referenced. This is Piers' whim, which is three and a green for a sorcery. For each player, choose friend or foe. For each friend, or sorry, each friend searches their library for a land card, puts it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffles their library. A land card, not a basic land. Mm-hmm. Each foe sacrifices an artifact or enchantment they control. This is a huge swing. This is brutal. Even if you just go, I get a land, Everybody everyone else sacrifice yeah. an artifact or enchantment.
1: You know what you should do? Arch enemy? Hey guys, let's all get strip mines, and then we'll all strip mine the arch enemy's land. Yeah, at you the can same totally do time. that. <laughs> and
2: they had to sacrifice an artifact <laughs> or enchantment.
1: Yeah. Oh man, can you imagine? <laughs> you make them sacrifice Crucible of Worlds. I did it. It's the ultimate feel bad with Piers Whim. What's the demolish? Oh, the one that gets rid of four things? The yeah. One? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This it's- is pretty close, maybe better oh you're thinking of decimate oh right 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 right. Big i think card. this might be better than decimate yeah well, you get a ramp out of it decimate just makes enemies this actually can make friends right? or foes <laughs> or foes yeah mostly <laughs> yeah. i mean i feel like you're gonna be usually making more foes than not but you know who knows who knows who knows all right into black let's talk this about this is a jimmy card stunning reversal it feels like a goes with Final Fortune, or what's the other one? Oh, definitely with Final Fortune. Anytime you have a card that says you're going to lose the game, you play Stunning Reversal instead, and you grip on with three fingers. It's a rock climber, too, man. I'm all about this. Three in the black for an instant. Look at the Hmm. hair. The next time you would lose the game this turn, instead draw seven cards, and your life total becomes one. And then you exile this instance. So you save yourself from death one time, and then you draw seven cards. But your life total becomes one. That I mean, you're going to lose anyway. That's a like, good point. Not someone, if you, Well, if you played Final Fortune,
2: you were like doing it on purpose. Yeah, somebody just pings you. <laughs> Sorry. I like it. I like it. I, I, it could be a dead card a lot of times, but I guess if you were sitting there with one dead card, you're going to die. Then you're going to use that. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I think it's pretty funny. It wouldn't work against, uh, say, the Shadowborn Apostles deck because you're like, okay, but in response to that, I sack all these guys and still kill you. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're dead no matter what. <laughs> um, okay, the next one is, uh, how do you say this? Vertices. Bird? Vertices Maneuver. It's two and a black for a sorcery. each. For each player, uh, choose friend or foe. I'm getting all the friend or foe ones. I know, I like it. Each friend returns a creature card from their graveyard to their hand, and each foe sacrifices a creature.
1: Three mana. Three mana for an entire... It's an edict effect, right? its You can make it into... Um, uh, worst case scenario, everybody else sacks a creature, and you return one. Yeah, but you fleshbag Marauder, but you don't have to play a creature, and you don't have to sacrifice a creature. You can actually bring a creature back to your hand. Pretty cool. Yeah. That's not bad. I like these friend or foes. I, I like all of them. Yeah. I think they're going to see a lot of play just because it's interesting it's something we've never really seen before either uh gang up is x and a black with an instant with assist so another player can pay up to x of the mana cost destroy target creature with power x or less that's cool i can see i can definitely see this being like guys i have a kill spell i need your help you know we always
2: talk about on the show how like if you can use your words and get somebody else to use a card right um how powerful that is to get them to use their resources to remove something you want removed Mm mm-hmm this has a similar effect, I think, because somebody using the, uh, a, a you know a certain amount of their mana, maybe even a lot of their mana, could be like, you know, how much of half of their turn? If your words can get somebody to use half of their turn, that's pretty valuable too, yeah, right? That's true. And in this case, for Gang Up, I think you can find a lot of spots where, like, yeah, you want something gone, but somebody else wants it gone more than you, and you can be like, listen, I'll donate the card part of this, but you got to do the mana part. Yeah, and that's pretty powerful because yeah. in a lot of decks you're going to have 12, 13 cards sometimes, and you don't care about the card as much.
1: And the mana is actually more valuable. The mana, I often... I mean, again, we say if you can play multiple cards in a turn, you are fast-tracking your way to victory. Yeah. And all of the assist cards do that. And there's a way to do that,
2: right? I want to kill that creature, but I need five more mana to do everything I want to do. Well, if I can convince, you know, Craig to pay the five mana because he wants that dead too, now I can cast another spell this turn or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, I I dig it. I think it's going to be pretty good. I think that card itself is going to be better than it looks... Um, the next one I just wanted to mention because it has an interesting text again. It's fan favorite, three and a black, two, two, human, rogue. Has assist, so any player can pay up to three of it, but also has this weird ability. If you pay two, sorry,
1: pay two, colon, fan favorite gets plus one, plus one until end of turn, but any player may activate this ability. So it's got assist on the card, but with an older sort of mechanic because they've we've seen this on some cards before mm-hmm. where any player can pay for it, uh, like uh, the, the design underhanded designs one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um i forgot.
1: yeah yeah so this we'll is interesting right because out. if somebody is at
2: a low life total you might be able to team up with other people to pump it enough to yeah. do something or like hey i'll block will you help me kill the thing i'm blocking right that kind of stuff i just thought it was interesting it's it's interesting
1: design space they found yeah uh one last black card we should mention because it's brand new is archfiend of despair we've had archfiend of depravity and no if i think new. this is a reprint no it's not it's brand new are you sure yeah I looked it up. six black black for a six six creature demon flying your opponents can't gain life, and at the beginning of each end step, each opponent loses life equal to the life that player lost this turn. So it kind of wound reflections them
2: In, Yeah.
1: at the beginning of each end step, too. So this means this could end the game really quickly if everyone's attacking because every single time an opponent loses life, they're going to lose double that life. But you, fortunately, don't lose any, which You nice. want to play that with ver- vertus,
2: vertices, ver- however you say that. Bergerous. That Does the combat damage lose half your
1: life? Oh, thing? yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you know, then they die. Then they die real quickly. So, but it's an eight drop for a six six. I can definitely see this for all of the uh, the Timmys out there. I would like I like this card. I like this card too. So,
2: okay, let's go on to blue. Okay, blue, this
1: is a really interesting one. It's called um, I like this card a lot. Arcane Artisan. Also, if this isn't, if they release a trailer for this set and this card isn't featured in the trailer, I would be very surprised.
2: Yeah. Well, it's very easy to animate, too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a, easy,
1: but e- as far as the
2: type of pose and everything. Arcane
1: Artisan is doing her best Liliana impression right now. That's
2: actually a good point. It's two and a blue for an 0-3 human wizard. You can pay two and a blue and tap the Arcane Artisan, and then target player draws a card, then exiles a card from their hand. If a creature card is exiled this way, that player creates a token that's a copy of that card. Hmm. So they exile the actual card, but they get a token of it. And then when Arcane Artisan leaves
1: the battlefield, exile all tokens created with it at, at the, the beginning, beginning of the next, next end, end step. step. So you still get them for a little bit. For a little usually while. when they Usually when this card flies out, it would usually kill everything, but this is cool. I mean, it sort of could work with ETB decks like Rune, Brago, Yeah. Um, just to get the creature out for cheaper. Two in the right. blue to cheat, cheat a creature out in mono blue is something that mono blue does not have the ability to do. Yeah, and you know, it can be,
2: I don't know, Ulamog or something. Not new Ulamog because it's a cast trigger, but like old school Ulamog yeah. or Kozilek.
1: Anything or, that enters the battlefield with the, like Palancron, dude, you could Palancron on turn
2: three with this. Actually, new Kozilek would be pretty good because you can still do the thing where you discard a card to counter yeah. spells. Yeah. Um, And that's just like huge Eldrazi. You could do, like I said, anything with ETBs. Palanchron's a good one of course
1: um either way blue there's is- got to be some ways to break this too yeah some uh, stuff that enters untaps 100 percent yeah there are ways to break this yeah um okay xander splits judgment is next four in the blue i love this guy look at him he's so cute i like how, we didn't
2: mention this because i didn't even notice it but they paired up two um the, a cyclops and a yeah. homunculus which are two creatures
1: that have one, one eye, eye. so, so they together have- they
2: have the normal amount of eyes yeah it's great <laughs>
1: Xander splits judgment four in the blue for a sorcery. For each player, choose friend or foe. Hey, I got one. Each friend creates a token that's a copy of a creature they control, and each foe returns a creature they control to its owner's hand. So five mana make everyone bounce a creature. And you get a copy? And you get a copy? Yeah, that's pretty cool. That that right there is insane. A clone costs four mana. So for the
2: one extra blue, you added everybody else bounces one of their creatures. Now they they get to choose. That's like a
1: four for one.
2: It's, I mean, it's pretty great value-wise. And then, yeah, you can just sometimes make the deals like, why well, will you create a copy of that Reclamation Sage? Yeah, and, and blow get rid of this, this, yeah, this yeah, artifact. Yeah. And you know, I'll make you a friend or blah blah blah. Um, yeah, pretty sweet. The next one is Game Plan, five and a blue for a sorcery has assist. Another player can pay up to five of this spell's mana cost. Each player shuffles their hand and graveyard into their library, then draws seven cards. Exile Game Plan. It could be a one
1: mana wheel.
2: Yeah, and. There's a lot of points in the game if somebody's a little bit mana-screwed yeah. or whatever where
1: people want this to happen. You could, I, I think a lot of times you can find a player that's willing to pay for part of this. And your deck wants to do it, right? Yeah. So it's really interesting because, you know, if some, someone, sometimes when someone wheels, you're like, thank goodness, I didn't have to spend any mana to do it. I can draw these cards. But now you're forcing that player if they're behind a little bit. For instance, in our last game nights, I would have done anything to have this card. <laughs> I'll pay four, man. I don't, I'll, I'll pay five. I don't care. Send it all away, please. <laughs> All right, next up we have Spellseeker, another awesome art. It's a 1-1 creature human wizard for 2 in the blue. When Spellseeker enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost 2 or less reveal it put it into your hand then shuffle your library that is awesome it is a really specific kind of tutor in the same way that trinket mages and those stuff find artifacts of a certain cost I saw somebody called this think it mage think it mage oh that's funny so good. but um, it's two or less it's a very interesting number because usually the three mana you know it's it's one three or five i think with the artifact ones but this is searching for two so i'm guessing they did that for balance reasons you know what costs two mana and is an instant or sorcery counterspell cyclonic rift oh no Yep, you're right. When I said, oh, no, I was just thinking about someone doing this. So this is just a second, second Cyclonic, Cyclonic Yeah. Three mana. That's. I wish they would have just said sorcery,
2: you know? Because uh, <laughs> that seems really good. And yeah. to be able to flicker it and stuff.
1: Yeah. You could build a whole deck kind of around that. It's possible
2: this is the best card in the set for Commander. Just because like it goes one. and gets the best card in, in commander, commander besides yeah. Soul Ring. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Alright, fine. You 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 got it.
2: This next one's sweet. It's called Fumble. I love it. So you first can also of all the fact that out, it's called Fumble way. is good. Yeah, yeah, you can search this out with the spell seeker. Alright, it's one in a blue for an instant. Return target creature to its owner's hand and then crap, I clicked on it, uh gain control of all <laughs> auras and equipments that were attached to it. Uh, and then attach them to another creature.
1: What? It bounces a Voltron commander and then it lets you reattach everything and the auras too. That's the funny part. You're going to get the auras, so dude. So
2: brutal. What? The one thing I'll say about Voltron decks is everyone's like, why are they hampering Voltron? Because Voltron's already not a great yeah. strategy. Almost always, Voltron strategies, first thing they put on gives hexproof, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they know this. That... But if they don't. <laughs> if they go like sword of feast of famine everyone's playing a glaring into spotlight. something else yeah and then you go
1: fumble i get all the stuff that was on your yeah. card instant speed by the way so you don't even need to do this until the last moment and then you unequip you una you untap and you're just ready to rock you can put it onto another creature too so you can put it onto another player and then they that player can kill them with their own stuff oh my <laughs> gosh it's brutal plus you still control the equipment so you can be like i'll give it to you but then i'm gonna re-equip yeah on my you turn gain too. control of it that's right yeah. so you can actually reequip it because you gain control of it wow no thanks I don't ever want to get fumbled. Uh, fun interaction in 2 you Giant. If your partner is playing a Voltron Commander, this is a great way for you to save all of their stuff and then stick it on your own creature. Oh,
2: that's interesting. Or you could do a thing where you both attack, but they block theirs. Yeah, and, and then you, you kind switch, of it, switch it, over? it over. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Them, yeah. I really want to win a game like that now. That would be sweet. I just, yeah, I want to play 2 a Giant with this. Okay,
1: more good. sports references. This next card is called Out of Bounds. Three in the blue for an instant with assist. Now this one's actually absurd. So another player can pay up to three mana of the spell's cost of the generic mana. Counter target spell. One mana counter spell. We found it. We made it happen. Thanks, Wizards. It, I think it's really good. It is amazing. Because when you're countering something, a
2: there's lot someone
1: else that's going to want to counter it.
2: A lot of times. A lot of times. Like, think to all the games you've played, when something that you're countering is happening, it's usually bad for everybody. Yeah. That's why you're countering it. Now, sometimes you're using your counterspell to protect your win condition or your combo or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's definitely a thing. But a lot of times you're using it to stop a board wipe or to stop a cyclonic rift or to stop a combo piece from hitting the, the table yeah. that's going to destroy you. And you can also, I think with this one, a lot of times it's safe to only leave up one blue mana. Yep. And then just say, "I I have this. I only have one blue mana, though, look and force them to pay the three, and then you're hampering the person that paid the three because their turn is hampered
1: by having less mana available and stopping a spell. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's weird. I don't even know how to classify it. It's not two for one, but you get, like, one and a mana for one. It's like a tempo for one. Tempo for one. There you go. Tempo for one? I don't know. All right, let's move on to the multicolored cards. This first one's really interesting. Yeah, so
2: this is uh, this is inspired by Game Night's
1: last one standing. Yeah, of course. Thank Only you,
2: one guys. may stand. And it's
1: a goblin holding a red sword, so we all know what that means. I'm never getting mana screwed I'm again. i
2: my driveway. Woo! Um, you know, last you know in, in
1: Dominaria, they had dub, which we didn't call out. Yeah.
2: So I think they're watching Game Nights because they're dubbing people, and now they're calling out Only One May Stand. Okay, Only One May Last One Standing. It's uh, one, a black, and a red for a sorcery.
1: Choose a creature at random, <laughs> then destroy the rest. I don't want to know how this is going to work when you have a table with, like, 50 things on it.
2: you got to count them all and assign them all a number yeah. and then roll a dice. Or do, like, a random a number, number generator,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Destroy the rest for three mana. It's a board wipe in Rakdos, and it just blows everything up except for one random creature. That's that's a cheap board wipe.
2: That's a super cheap board wipe. This is, I think, very, very good. Yeah, I love it. Most of the time when you're like when you're like i need to wrath all
1: the creatures it's because there's quite a few of them that are bad yeah you. not just one yeah and, you, and like and again the chance of that one staying around is pretty low if there are a lot around the board but even even if there's like four or five creatures the chances of that one single ever still pretty low yeah so maybe tw- maybe 25 or 20 percent
2: this gets around like Gaddock teague too which you know in certain yeah. play groups is a thing so yeah i like this
1: card uh azra odds maker really interesting card another one- azra yeah oh that's right it's an Azra warrior it's one black and a red for a three three creature warrior Azra warrior at the beginning of combat on your turn you may discard a card if you do choose a creature whenever that creature deals combat damage to a player this turn you draw two cards so you discard the card first and then you try and get that creature to attack and not be blocked or get damage through um so it's a little more risky but you do get two cards back two cards for the one and you're in the colors that maybe don't care they got squeeze and stuff True, true. I was thinking your Nehab deck might like that card. Uh, I don't want to talk about that deck anymore.
2: (laughs) You just owned the deck. We may be retiring that one soon.
1: (laughs) Or just putting in only two drops. Okay,
2: the last one is Archon of Valor's Reach. It's four green white for a five six creature Archon. Has Flying, Vigilance, and Trample. As Archon of Valor's Reach enters the battlefield, choose Artifact, Enchantment, Instant Sorcery, or Planeswalker. Players can't cast spells of the chosen type. Get rid like, of instant speed removal and limited. This thing will just win the game. It it's like meddling mage, but for instead of for like one specific card, for a specific specific card, card type. type?
1: Ah, that's crazy. You could just shut out the Planeswalker deck.
2: Yeah. People are asking us a few episodes ago how to beat Super Friends. Play Archon of Valor's Reach and name Planeswalker.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, I really hope I open this if I do get to play some limited events, because this looks insane. If you say Oh, it doesn't have creature. Yeah, you can't say creature. Because in limited that'd be way too good. Yeah, they'd be way too good. Uh but the fact that you can get rid of instants or sorceries if you know they have some kind of removal, which means it just protects itself in a bizarre way because it can't even cast instants anymore. You know, like that's crazy. I think just saying sorcery is kind of like what Gaddock Teague does, right? It'll just yeah. turn off
2: most board wipes. There's a few, but the like the chances that the a deck has a board wipe it can cast, like Toxic Deluge, last one mm. last one standing, you know terminus and whatever else you want to name most of them are sorcery so if you just said i like my board play this name sorcery they got to get rid of that creature before they do anything else and a lot
1: of times kill spells are sorcery speed
2: and a lot of times that's like well that's their turn get rid of that creature and now they're like i hope i make it back so i can now cast my wrath and now your board was safe for the one turn you needed to win i like this card a lot
1: i like winning okay now we're on to artifacts there's only a couple thank goodness well my throat hurts (laughs) we've been talking for a while sentinel tower it's a four drop artifact Whenever an instant or a sorcery spell is cast during your turn, Sentinel Tower deals damage to any target equal to one plus the number of instant and sorcery spells before that cast before that spell this turn. So it's kind of like uh you're, you're building on your old spells. It's Kinda, it's, it's a stormy. It's stormy esque, yeah. Um you get a. I mean look, if you're casting a lot of... Uh, mizics. Mm-hmm. If you're casting a lot of instant sorceries, it's going to do one damage at first, and then two, and then three, and then four, and it's just going to keep climbing up and up. If you storm count like five, each one of those copies is going to count for the prior copy cast. Oh, jeez. So you're just doing, you're just going pop, 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 pop. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of card which is remove on sight if you see it in certain decks. By far, it's just because it's like, oh, if they untap and are able to do the thing, we're all going to die it's worded really strangely because it says sentinel tower deals
2: damage to any target equal to one plus the number of incident right I'm, I'm assuming because you control the sentinel tower that
1: you control the target I guess so I mean it's similar to Etherflex reservoir too uh, in a way where it wants you to cast a lot of spells but this will count other people's casting of spells it just counts the number of yes during inst- your turn so if someone starts counter you then sentinel tower just starts beaming them in the face you know like can you that. imagine like six spells and they're like alright alright we're in the time stop you're <laughs> oh. like alright take seven <laughs> <laughs> Uh, And by the way, it's any target, so you can also just start clearing out the board, too, if you need to. Yeah, you can just get rid of those pesky creatures and things like that. Yeah. uh, Planeswalkers. This card's
2: crazy. I think there's probably a lot of stormy-type decks where it's going to be really good. Yeah. Okay, the last artifact is Victory Chimes. It's three (laughs) mana for an artifact. You untap Victory Chimes during each other player's untap step, and you can tap it, and a player of your choice adds one diamond or colorless mana to their mana pool. So you can <laughs> donate that mana, or you can use it yourself, but it untaps on Every everybody's chance. turn.
1: So you're always getting one mana back from it, which is yeah. kind of cool.
2: If you can use it, I activated think Activated abilities, for sure. Yeah, any deck that has, like, Joyra, mm-hmm. uh, Thrasios, those kind of slime foot, you know, activated abilities, this is great. Also, there's a lot of bartering potential. I could give you one mana, and it doesn't cost you much. Yeah, it doesn't cost you much at all. Yeah, because a lot of decks will play a three mana... Um, mana rock but yeah you know you want it to add color
1: but it's not that big of a hit if one of them didn't it just it's still ramping you yeah um this is like assist but on a card-esque kind of thing it's like you're assisting other yeah, people yeah it's mana. like reverse assist yeah it yeah, kind of gives all their
2: spells a little bit assist
1: yeah just like <laughs> hey i can help a little bit if you want but only once this turn and then it might help the next person the next turn unless you got something that you want this turn Imagine if someone else had like a joy run and you started feeling their joy run. Don't, oh, don't, don't do, do that. that. Don't, don't ever do that. Do that. <laughs> all right. The last cards we have here are the land cycle we talked about, which are very special. There's bountiful promenade, luxury sweep. Honestly, Morphic these Pool, are probably
2: the best cards in the set. <laughs> sea Commander. of
1: clouds. Yeah. And spire garden. So they're the allied pairs. And they all say this land enters the battlefield tapped unless you have two or more opponents. And then they add two colors. They're going to add either green or white if it's the Selesnya one. Uh, black or red if it's ractos yada 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 by the way i love the black or red one because it's always like blood crypt like dark thing and and blood yeah and this, this one one's has like, luxury sweets <laughs> this is like you just have the best seats in the house it's great yeah, yeah. the view is rivaled only by the decadence of the decor <laughs> it's cool yeah so there's five of them
2: for the allied pairs these are functionally dual lands for a lot of people um yeah they can't be fetched. We talked about this earlier on or on the last episode because they don't have the basic land types. So they don't say like swamp mountain. Yeah. So that's the only downside of these. Otherwise, they would straight up be dual lands. I like this design space, right? Because they're obviously not quite as good as the underground
1: seas and stuff, but for shock lands, it's pretty close. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look. If you can't search it out, not a huge deal. But you were going to play this if you play multiplayer most of the time because it's yeah. just a land that comes in the taps for two mana. Even just drawing it is good enough, honestly. Yep. Yeah, I think those are great. It really helps in a lot of the two in the five-color decks, too. I would play definitely a few of these, um, and especially because not everyone's going to be able to afford all the shocks as well as all of the original duels. You know, This just gives players more options uh, and keeps it... You know, they don't they don't power it up to the point where all of for instance, if they had the basic land types, these would cost a lot more, I think. I think they would jump up in price. So I, I actually like the fact that they don't, because we do have other lands that have been given to us, like the cycle lands, yep. that have that land type, so you can search them up still. Um, these are just like, hope you draw it, and you hope you have two or more opponents. It Otherwise, just you just become a go gate.
2: S- in some de- decks, you're running three, four of them. Yeah. In, a, in five color decks, you're running all five. Like, they're just that
1: good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now it's time to talk about the best of of the set, what Josh and I believe to be the best cards. Uh, what do you think, Josh, is the best new commander? Yeah, this is a hard one. I have a vote, even though it's probably not the best. It's just probably the most fun.
2: Okay. We're gonna do this thing where we count down and then we both say it at the same time. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> Okay. I mind's kind of obvious. All right.
1: Three. Two. One. Najeela. Gruthama, all devouring. The Blade Blossom. I chose a five-color one. Yeah, I was going to choose a five-color one, and then I was like, you know what? This worm is just too good to pass bub. is pretty cool, and the more I think about the deck, the more I think it will be fun to build. It's just fun to build, yeah. yeah. I, it's not the best new commander. I think it is the Wubert commander. I, I would agree that Najila is probably the best still. Um It's but, five color. That's just fun. But Grothama is just ridiculous. Grothama is pretty sweet. I want everyone to try and kill Grothama and then just blow them out of the water. I feel like no, like no, he stays alive.
2: <laughs> I feel like it will alter the game a lot. When you play in a Grothama game, the, your decisions are very different than they would
1: be in a normal game because every time oh you're going to attack, 100%. you have to think like Yeah
2: yeah do, well, do I want to try to go for that big worm do I want to try it's a run, like a boss it's like tracks? a mini boss dude yeah, it's yeah. amazing it's in my mono awesome.
1: red burn deck I'm trying to
2: kill Grothama immediately it's like, it's like in League of Legends where you're like is it time to get the, go after the dragon yeah. so you, you know <laughs> but what it's mean? Grothama yeah. all devouring and if you go after the dragon the other team like jumps you there it's bad yeah, so yeah, like yeah. you have to like yeah it's pretty cool yeah that's amazing okay uh, let's talk about the best overall card in the set. Oh geez. Um uh, This one's tough.
1: I think I know which one. Not I like not the including most. reprints. So best new card in the Best set. new card. Okay. okay. Um All right, I got mine. Okay. You ready? Trace. Dose. One. Who know? Play of the game. <laughs> oh, Pierce Wim. Oh, Pierce Wim. Okay, so I like Play of the Game just because it's It's Play a, of the Game the white exile. Yeah, six white uh, white exile yeah. with assist. I think that's the one that really takes it above the the rest for me. Um and Piers Wim, what's up about wind her Piers Wim. Wim is three and a green for the sorcery, oh, yes. friend or foe, uh, friends ramp for a land card and
2: foes sacrifice an artifact or enchantment. I actually think that's going to go in a lot of green decks, maybe even most green decks.
1: Yeah, for four mana, it's you know even four mana just getting any land is pretty darn good, honestly. So. Think
2: about turn four, I get a land, everybody else destroys a signet. Yeah, oh, oh my gosh, it's just great. You just reverse ramped everybody else and ramped yourself.
1: Neil, I wish, I wish this set was legal for Brawl. Yeah. New format.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay. I I want to add a category really quick. Oh, okay. Oh, no. This is going to be obvious. I was going to say best reprint. Oh, Doubling Season. It's just Doubling Season. Okay, <laughs> never mind. You know, There's no drama wait, there. Wait,
1: Seedborn Muse is pretty good, too, because not every deck needs honestly, Doubling Season, but every deck could use Seaborn Muse.
2: Honestly, I have more Seedborn Muses in decks than I do Doubling Season. Oh, 100%. Now, doubling
1: Season is very specific. It's just the highest in price, I think. And I have some decks where I would say that the Seedborn Muse is as
2: powerful as a Doubling Season is when it's at its most powerful in its deck. Yeah. You know, where seaborn Muse, like in the Tim deck, is like as as good as, good as, as a gets. doubling season yeah. would be in a Planeswalker we don't
1: deck, have yeah. the profit of Kruvix anymore and anything we can do to pay homage to that is it's well worth it true 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 okay
2: time for two listeners what cards are you most excited about from Battle Bond, yeah. Battle Bond and uh, for which of your decks are there any cool combos that you see or synergies either with Battle Bond cards exclusively or or them paired with cards from the past yeah um, definitely in the comment section it'll be fun to see what kind of brewing people are doing even if it's not an entire deck it's just oh i see these this particular interaction or synergy
1: yeah and patrons in the discord we're doing this too to try and find the greatest combo and we'll so be doing this throughout the month so if you have three card combos i want to see like a 10 card combo too uh but yeah post in the discord if you're 10 on their card patrons. combo it's like any 10 cards in magic yeah exactly it's a combo <laughs> it's like, yeah correct they work together
2: well when you find out what those 10 card combos are you're going to need to you know buy those 10 cards and the best place to go do that is at cardkingdom.com slash command zone. If you use that affiliate link, you really are... Keeping the lights here on at game nights and at uh, the Command Zone podcast, we super appreciate everybody who is always tweeting at us and letting us know that they're using our, our affiliate link. And Card
1: Kingdom is awesome; they ship you the stuff as fast as possible. They also do custom tokens. Yeah, I've been retweeting a lot of them. Someone did one of you in your Pharaoh hat yeah. from the from the uh, episode you, that you we had. You had
2: your sailor. Uh, yeah, yeah, from VGHs. From, yeah. That
1: was really funny. Um, yeah, they, they. I mean, look, it's a company that cares about their customers, and it's a company that is very front facing with their customer service as well as what they do. And, and honestly, the, the actual physical store from is also the best lgs in seattle bar none yeah it's so. great to have them as a sponsor because it's something we can really get behind it and
2: our other sponsor ultra pro just is awesome they've really been with us for a long time and they make the highest quality stuff there is mm-hmm. hands down you know when we chose to print our last stand playmat, we only went with ultra pro because we knew they were going to print the highest quality thing so yep. if you get an If you get a playmat, if you get sleeves, if you get a binder,
1: whatever you get. If it's ultra pro, you know it's going to be high quality. Yep. And they're actually printing our last stand playmats right now as we speak. So thank you all so much for anyone that donated to the campaign that's going to get a playmat. We're hoping to get these out to you sooner than we did last time. Uh, we're going to try our best. We're working with an actual fulfillment center this time yep. to make sure that there are no lost packages. Doing it all ourselves, as we've learned, with our parties and stuff is very difficult. So we're not big doing things. that again. My hands no. still hurt from that. Yeah, so honestly. thank you so much, Ultra Pro, for helping assist in that. Again, great companies, both Card Kingdom and Ultra Pro. I do want to say patrons who did qualify, your uh, your playmats will be going out of the, uh, at the same time. So. Mundo.
2: Okay, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic you're looking at me uh i am because i don't have anything <laughs>
1: are you looking at me let's talk about did i ever talk about this show on this sh- I, I mentioned it to you the other day it's an older show that i watched it was uh i think it was on cartoon network or adult swim one or the other uh it's called over the garden wall oh i think you mentioned this i haven't even heard of it so it's a really amazing show. It was done by someone that was an ex-alum of uh, Adventure Time. And it's got Elijah Wood as one of the voices. You may know him as Frodo, of course. Uh, but Over the Garden Wall is a sort of like a Grimm's fairy tale um, story. It's a very short animated show. There's 10 episodes total. And it's about two brothers, Wirt and Greg. And they get lost in a forest called The Unknown. It's like a forest adrift in time. And there's 10 episodes, I think, 8 or 10, It's Patrick McHale is the program creator, and each of the – it's like they're going into the forest and more secrets are revealed, talking animals, crazy, creepy things, and it's very musical-based as well. There's lots of songs throughout all of it. It's really, like, creepy, cute, and fun, and very lighthearted at the same time, pretty dark and twisted and weird. It's exactly where I like cartoons to be uh, when I watch them because you know as an adult you're watching an animated show and the people that made the show are adults as well and they're oftentimes making it either just for adults or they're making for kids and adults at the same time so in this case i think it's definitely more of an adult based show Uh, ashley birch uh, Mm -hmm. is also on one of the episodes as a voice yeah so it's a great show all across the songs are great the show itself is dark and creepy if you like Grimm's fairy tales and that sort of world of storytelling you will really like it and it takes about um, a movie's length to watch the entire series Oh, so all 10 episodes or whatever there are there? Yeah, right. it's like an hour and a half ish total. Oh. Yeah, it's great though. What's it called again? Over the Garden Wall. All right, we'll definitely
2: check it out. Something else you should check out is the Masters of Modern podcast Thank Alex you. Kessler and Ben Bateman. They talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. You can find
1: them at collective.com right next to us or on Twitter at the MMCast. Our editor for the show is Craig Blanchett, Mr. Infect, everybody's favorite, the man with the rings. Everybody's favorite? i love craig i mean when he's killing you with infect he's my favorite i still love craig when he does that to me because i'm like craig you know what this doesn't happen often. That's a lie. Obviously, you, died of infected. you do die to infect it. You do not love Craig in that moment. No, no one actually loves Craig in that <laughs> moment. All right. I'm glad when the, the dog has not bitten onto me. So make sure you check out the video versions of this podcast at youtube.com slash the Command Zone podcast. It features, of course, the wonderful animations of Jeffrey Palmer. You can find him online at Living Cards MTG. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. We are getting up there. It's awesome to see that number climb as we release more Game Nights episodes. And make sure you check out the last Game Nights episode. It's a fun one. Yeah, for sure. Prof, prof and Wedge. Wedge. Can't beat that. I almost said Prof and The Wedge instead of The Prof and Wedge. The Wedge. The Wedge from Manosaurus. I'm told they will both be at DP Vegas. I'll see if I can not convince them to play in that Commander Championship. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. And you know Wedge is playing that Angus McKenzie deck and making the tournament go forever. Oh, I do not want to be in his pot. That would be really funny if someone had a deck that was just about making everyone draw, and then maybe they would have to read distribute the prize should, like packs. change the yeah. entire because if it's a four-man pod it's 60 20 20, 20.
2: feels like something wedge would probably
1: do so it's 127 we'll get 30 tickets instead hey that's actually pretty good that's good value except for the winner who is everyone i guess
2: <laughs> we all win we're all winners here <laughs> yeah
1: exactly all right everybody thanks for listening and we will see you next time Peace.
0: For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at J.F. Wong and at Josh Lee See you later, alligator.
2: Greetings, humans.
0: <laughs> you can host the best backyard barbecue. You can find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around.